Shall we look into the scriptures? Thank you, Father. Reading from Psalm 124. Verses 6, 7, and 8. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak to us, speak into our lives. Thank you for what you're going to do in us, for us. Thank you for the deliverance that we, we experience in our life. We bless your holy name. This morning, release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word and every critical spirit, we bind them in the name of Jesus and we take victory. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, The Great Escape. The psalmist here starts by declaring the fact that if it not had been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it not had been for the Lord who was on our side, who's on your side makes a difference in our life. Praise God. When God is on our side, despite the challenges, the obstacles, the hurdles, the assault that comes against our life, we are able to overcome and soar into new heights just because the Lord is on our side. Praise God. Plannings and preparations in life is absolutely important. Without that, we cannot live. But even with all plannings, even with super preparations in life, even with all kinds of preventive measures in life, the enemy is active and releases assaults upon our lives. From many fronts. The only reason you and I can stand in it, through it, is because God has been on our side. The psalmist, of course, has his own experience in his mind when he's penning this down. And he narrates so many different experiences. But it's applicable to each and every one of us, regardless of what time frame that we live in. The reason that you and I stand, the reason that you and I thrive, the reason that you and I move and live, praise God, is because the Lord is on our side. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is faithful and he is on our side. This morning, we need to ask ourselves, whose side are we on? Praise God. Hallelujah. The psalmist comes and he bursts into praise. Look what he says. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. In other words, you and I are secure because God covered us. He sustained us. He surrounded us with his love, care, and his protection. Praise God. If the Lord would have just looked the other way, you, would, and you and I would have fallen prey 
to the enemy's teeth. So he says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. I want to draw your attention this morning to the next words which says, our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper or fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Praise God. The psalmist here brings a few things to light. And I want to draw your attention. Number one, the fowler who is the devil himself. Number two, the snare which is the deception that brews around our lives. Number three, the detector. The word of God and the Holy Spirit helps us to detect the snares that are placed. Number four, the trapped or the deceived ones. And number five, how can we omit that? The great deliverer. Praise God. Folks, when we live in this world, we need to know that the enemy, the devil, is the fowler or the the one who wants to trap each and every one of our lives. He's active, as Peter puts it in his episode, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Praise God. But all the time we need to understand the enemy's approach is not upfront assault. There are upfront assaults. But more or less, he uses sneak attack upon us by setting snares, devices, booby traps for the believers so that we step into it unaware. Why is it normally believers are called to be vigilant and to a certain extent, we might be vigilant? Praise God. So he employs devices and snares which are subtle in nature. Which are so subtle in nature that they look harmless till one falls into prey. Like the fowler or the one who hunts birds. That's the picture that is used. The fowler uses different means and methods. He might put seeds that would lead a bird into a trap. Or he might have a net in place where the birds unaware gets into the net. And when it starts to rise up, that's when it realizes that they have fallen into a net. So it's always a very subtle net or subtle trap that the enemy employs. The devil, the fowler, is active, unlike a lot of believers who are in deep slumber, unaware what's brewing around us. Praise the Lord. The enemy is working day and night, putting devices against our lives. Praise God. If it not had been for the Lord who was on our side, praise God. We might have been overwhelmed. We might have been washed away. We might have been caught up or we might have been trapped. But thank God for his provision, his protection, his goodness and his mercy that helps us to overcome the traps of the enemy. Praise God. What is the enemy up to? Jesus play makes it very clear. As he shows the mandate of the enemy. As it's recorded in 10.10 of John. The thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. Praise God. It's an upfront assault at the same time. It's a sneak attack. Wants to bring our life down when we are least expecting using different kinds of methods, sapping our strength, our stamina away from us, praise God, putting us in a lockdown, 
putting us in a captivity so that we are unable to move according to the will of our Father. Praise God. When you search the scriptures, you will find how the enemy has used snares from the beginning. So I want to share a few snippets from the scriptures so that it will help us to understand how the enemy works. Praise the Lord. Let's start with the upfront assault that is recorded in the Bible. The upfront of assault might be from a least expected place at a least expected time at the least from a least expected person but it is an upfront assault praise god we look in the life of joseph it was an upfront assault praise god least expected place what is the place it is his workplace imagine Nine to five, you go to workplace. You are in your office. You are in your factory. You are in your college, wherever you are. It's the least expected place. You are not expecting an assault from the enemy. You are not expecting a snare or a trap that is activated against you. Least expected time and least expected person. The enemy can employ anyone to bring about our downfall. Mind you, quite often, we don't think much about ourselves. It is important that we see ourselves as God sees us. Praise God. Not too little and not too much, but we need to have a clear vision of what and who we are in the sight of God. Sometimes people become so humble that they lose what God wants to do through them. Sometimes people are filled with so much pride that they go overboard. We as children of God, we need to keep the balance. We need to know that the enemy wants to just not to destroy our lives, but to derail the purpose of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. If Joseph were to fall for the snare, mind you, what would you think would have happened? The plan of God through him would have been aborted. Praise the Lord. And the plan of God through him was huge. The scope of it was so huge. Praise God. And God had been working in this young man's life from his very childhood. God was grooming him, mentoring him, molding him, mending him for a great day when God would present him as a solution to a problem that plagued the known world then. But here was the enemy. Subtle, acting secretly by implanting a desire in the woman in the place that he worked. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, we ought to know that the enemy is active. Praise God. Each person is unique in their make, is unique in their disposition is unique in their needs, is unique in their cravings, is unique in their passions, is unique in their pursuits, is unique in their strength, is unique in their weakness. Knowing our strengths, our weakness, the enemy prepares snares for us in such a way that we can be derailed from the purpose of God. But this young man, unlike so many others, was linked with God. Praise God. Whether in workplace or his home, he had his connections well. Praise God. His bars were always active. 
His reception to God, his connection to God, praise God, was always at its highest level. Praise God. If his relationship with God was only during time of devotion, during morning prayer and only evening prayer, he would have fallen for the trap. But his devotion and his dedication to God was active all the time. The question this morning is, am I just connected to him when I am on the pulpit? Am I just connected to him during prayer times? Or am I connected to him in marketplace, in business place, in workplace, wherever I am? If I am, then you and I are able to override the snares of the enemy. Praise God. Joseph overcame the trap and he had to pay a price. But God, like the psalmist says, delivered him out of there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there are upfront assaults that comes about in our lives. Then there are subtle snares. The subtle snares are very important. And unless our spiritual perceptions, unless our spiritual antennas are high, we will not be able to detect the snares that the enemy places in our life. Praise the Lord. The subtle snares. As the writer Proverbs puts it, the fear of a man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. What is a snare? Fear of man. Praise the Lord. Fear of man is a snare. What does that mean? That means you are more afraid of men than God. That means you want to please men over God. That means when God says something, you are more worried about saving your face and yet going against what God says. Praise the Lord. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. Praise God. God wants us to be people who fears God. Praise the Lord. We are not advocating a fearless spirit. What we are saying is that God should be at the utmost. Praise the Lord. Our trust in God and in his word ought to have an optimum place in our lives. If we don't have that, every Tom and Harry in the place will be able to bring our downfall. They would be able to scare us, to intimidate us from doing what God wants us to do in and through our lives. So we ought to cultivate disciplines and habits in our lives. When the fear of men wants to take over, Praise the Lord. You and I should be people, praise God, who lean on God, who trust in God, and allow God to stand and show his might and his power through our lives. No wonder the word of God goes like this. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, throughout all the earth to show himself powerful on their behalf whose hearts are totally, totally surrendered or trust God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need to be people who trust him and don't fall for the snares of the enemy. Praise the Lord. At times... Blatant disobediences and small infractions become snare that can bring about our downfall. Praise the Lord. 
small infractions and blatant disobedience. And at times, snares and traps can come in nicely decorated, nicely covered, sugar-coated packages unless we are wise and vigilant, we are not able to detect it. What is it that enables, enables us to detect the snares of the enemy? One, we said, is a relationship with God, which is active and vibrant. Number two, as the Bible says, is the word of God. The same psalmist, David says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. Praise the Lord. Do we have God's word in our heart? Stored, ready to be activated at the right time. Praise the Lord. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit that has residence in our heart is to remind us about the words of Jesus to remind us about the word of God. In other words, what has been stored in your memory bank? What has been stored in your CPU? The word of God. The right word at the right time is activated by the Holy Spirit so that you can stand on the word of God when a snare materializes in the physical form, in the physical realm. Praise the Lord. The snare might be in place for a long time, but it is materialized in a physical world, in a physical realm, in a time where we are least expecting and when we are the most vulnerable in our lives. When that happens, the Holy Spirit that is in residence within us pulls out that word for us and enables us to stand on that word and stand against the subtle trap that the enemy activates against our lives. Praise God. How much of the word you have in your heart? How much of word we take time to immerse ourselves and saturate ourselves in God's word, praise God. We thank the Lord for all the departments that work in our church. We have the Sunday school, we have the Awana that enables and gives a platform for us to memorize the scriptures and to store them in our hearts. We thank the Lord for the men and women who are actively involved in this ministry. Praise God for them. The question is, how many of us are taking advantage of it? Praise God. We have Sunday school classes every Sunday. The Awana is going to start on Fridays. How many of us are enrolled? How many of our parents would bring their children and make sure that your children will go through the programs which equips them to stand against the snares of the enemy. There ain't no point in shedding tears after someone is trapped in a booby device of the enemy. We ought to be people who take preventive measures. What are the preventive measures? We create forums and platforms for our next generation to immerse themselves in the scriptures so that the word is stored in their hearts so that when the enemy activates devices against our generation to bring about their downfall, to derail them from the purpose of God, they are able to stand strong and tall because the word of God is in their hearts. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Question is, are we taking advantage of it? Are we taking time to make sure that our children are part of such programs? 
Are we making sure that they sit under the teaching and the preaching of God's word? How about us as parents? Do we have time and do we give importance to the word of God in our personal devotional time and in the public proclamation of God's word? We are so busy with so many things. Don't take this lightly. We want our children to excel in their education. We want our children to excel in every fields in their lives. Beyond everything else, we want our children to be secure. Secure their eternity with Jesus Christ. We want the Lord to help them and enable them to overcome every subtle snare that the enemy plans against us and against our children. We have an active role to take part in our lives. Praise the Lord. The other day, the Awana leaders reminded me about one of our young ones. Is Daniel Joshua here? Daniel here? Daniel, would you please stand up? Come up. Come on, come on. Well, this young lady has gone through our Avana program. Okay, and she just graduated. Come, come, come. She was very recently, she was awarded by Avana for an incredible feat. And we're going to recognize her, not today, during our Sunday school anniversary. But I want to ask uh, Danielle, how many scripture verses did you memorize? How many? I know you don't know, but tell me, give me a number. 10, 20, 30? Over, over, only over 100? How many hundreds? Over 600 verses. Now, if I were to give her time, if I were to give her time at the press of a button, the 600 verses that are stored in her heart is just going to flow out. I am tempted to do it. Thank you, everybody. One more. Thank you. God bless you. Listen, what are we saying? This is not just exclusive for one person. If we as parents, if we prepare a platform, if we create a forum, and if we bring our children not all of them might gobble up 600. They might gobble 60. They might gobble six. But who knows when the Holy Spirit might empower them to derail, to, to disable a device that is set against their life. Who knows? God might use them as an instrument in his hand to derail the purpose of God that bruise against their peers, that bruise against their friends. Who knows that could be your children. Praise the Lord. We have to give room for God and his word to take root in our lives so that we become overcomers in our lives. Sometimes, the snare comes in a form of a gift. Do you know? The snare came to David in a form of a gift. This is how it's recorded. Now Saul's daughter, Micah, loved David. And they told Saul, and this thing pleased him. Saul thought, let me give her to him, that she may be a snare for him. And that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wow. Praise the Lord. Presenting his own daughter to be a snare to bring about the downfall of a young warrior. Praise God. Who would imagine such thing? Praise God. But then the devices that the enemy uses are beyond our imagination. Unless we have the light of God's word and the discernment of the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to detect them 
Praise God. If we are not able to detect them, it will be too late. We will fall into the trap and be locked into that trap. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then there are the seemingly insignificant laws and precepts of God's word. Praise God. Let me bring one to light. Sometimes when we read the scriptures, there are so many verses that looks and seems insignificant. We feel that, ah, doesn't really matter, does it? Praise God. Let me just remind you of one verse. That was given specifically for the kings in Israel. One verse was this. That they should not go back to Egypt and get horses. Now that doesn't make sense, does it? If you are a king, you need horses. And you need the best of horses. And Egyptian horses were known to be the very best at that time. But God gave specific laws saying the king was not allowed to go back to Egypt and acquire horses from Egypt. Solomon, the wisest king who lived on the face of the earth, ignored this seemingly insignificant command that was given to his honor, to his majesty. Praise God. We know the rest is just history. God's word had forbidden the kings from acquiring horses from Egypt or to have alliance with anybody that was not a child of God. Solomon ignored both. He went after the horses of Egypt. And he went after alliance, the Bible says, he formed an alliance with the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he married his daughter. Praise God. We see the next thing that we know about Solomon is he, was, he reached the height of his glory, but slowly, steadily, all values, faith values, moral values, everything lost that God had given to secure him and to his kingdom. Slowly but steadily it started eroding from his life. And the Bible says in the latter part of his life. All the wives that he had. They led him astray from his devotion from God. To the extent that the man started building altars and high places for all heathen gods. To please all his wives. How does it start? By a small and seemingly infraction. Praise God. Small things. God's word is very important. Praise God. If God thought it important to be recorded in the scriptures. To be established in heaven forever. None of the word of God is, praise the Lord, is meaningless. Every word of God is precious. Praise God. You cannot just simply look at God's word and ignore them. What we need to ask ourselves is, does it apply to me? Does it apply to my situation? Does it apply to this particular case? If it does apply, and if you would allow the word of God to dictate your life. Allow the word of God to direct your life. It will save your life and what God desires to do through your life. Praise God. So don't look at things lightly. Praise God. Small things. Praise God. The enemy employs us small things. Praise God. You know how Drug pushers enrolls young people and students into selling drugs. Do you know how they trap them? They trap them by giving them freebies. They give them free samples. And they keep giving it to them till they become hooked to it. Till they become addicted to it. 
then there is no way out. It's like a small clip that comes onto your phone. A small porn clip that comes to your phone. You tap it, you open it, you see it. Once you see it, it raises curiosity within you and you continue the habit till you become addicted to porn. Praise the Lord. How many young men and young ladies are addicted to porn? The other day I was talking to somebody who works among the young people in college campuses and they gave me a statistics which boggled my mind as to how many young men and young ladies are addicted to pornography. Praise God. How do you think it starts? It starts slowly, one at a time. Unless we have made a decision to live for Jesus, unless the word of God is rooted in our hearts, let me tell you, it can derail anyone. Anyone can fall for the trap. Praise the Lord. When a link shows up, what keeps a person from tapping it? What keeps a person from knowing that you should not tap that link? Because that link will open a gateway into a world of pornography. harmless as a link looks what keeps a person from tapping into that link is the spirit of God in us and the word of God in us praise God you can't do it without God's strength you cannot do it without the strength of the Holy Spirit you and I need the discernment from the Holy Spirit that tells us that you cannot Touch it. You cannot touch and open that link which will take you into a different world. How many young men and young ladies have fallen prey to the enemy's tactics and are locked and are bound in sin. Praise God because they fell for the snare of the enemy. Another stand of the snare that the Bible talks about. I want to bring this because this is so common and people take this very lightly. Paul writing to Timothy, he puts it in 6, 9 like this. But those who crave to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction, leading them leading them to personal misery. Praise the Lord. What is Paul talking about? Paul is talking about the love of money. Money in itself is not evil, but the love for money is evil. It opens a world where it takes the trust from, away from God and, help, and makes us to trust what money can buy. Praise God. When people go through hard times, when people go through crisis, what comes to their mind first tells who do they trust the most. Praise God. If you are in a jam, what comes into your mind first? Do you think, well, I got the means to bail out of the situation? Or do you just simply cry out to God? There is nothing wrong in being blessed. There is nothing wrong in being wealthy. Praise God. There is nothing wrong in being rich. But our trust should not be in wealth or riches. Praise God. Regardless of how wealthy we become in life, our trust, we should lean on Jesus. Abraham was a wealthy man. But his confidence was in God. Praise God. Being wealthy doesn't mean that you cannot trust God. We need to have our priorities straight. The enemy would try to lure us away from our trust in God and put our trust in 
wealth. Praise God. The love of money can lead us into pointless pursuit, passionate pursuit of things that are not beneficial for us, that are not uplifting us and enriching our spiritual lives. When we indulge ourselves in wealth and put our trust in it, it becomes a booby trap that can lead us away from God. That's why Paul, writing to Timothy, says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Let me ask you, my friend, regardless of your status in the society, are you content with what you have? Are you content with what you have? There's a drive for more and more and more. Would that lead you away from God? Praise God. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Are you content with what God has given you? There is nothing wrong in having a drive, in a pursuit for good things in life. But don't lose sight of God. Don't lose sight of the principles of God. Does, does the pursuit of finer things in life takes your attention, takes your commitment, takes your devotion, takes your dedication away from God? If so, that is harmful and you are venturing in the wrong direction. Praise God. Are you content with what God has given you? Praise God. Once a tour guide was taking his team through some remote places in Mexico. They came to a place that's known for having two springs side by side. One is a cold spring and the other one is a hot spring. I don't know if any one of you guys have seen such springs that emit hot, boiling water and then cold water. When we visited Ethiopia for one of our mission trips, we went to a place where there was hot springs, so hot that it's boiling. And this place is frequented by the village people. They come, they draw water, and and they go down a little bit down. They, they take bait, they bathe there, and they do all kinds of things. So this guy took his team to a place where there were two springs. One is hot spring and one is cold springs, both side by side. And he saw an Indian in Mexico was washing his clothes using both the hot water and the cold water. And he looked at the man and said, you must be thanking Mother Nature for giving you two springs side by side, a hot one and a cold one. The man wisely answered and said, yeah, now we only have one complaint. We are complaining that Mother Nature did not supply us soap. Quite often, after receiving so much blessings in our lives, don't we murmur and grumble about small things in life? This last week itself, can you detect how much we have complained about things that we don't have? Hey, we have to give thanks to the Lord that you are in one of the best nations on the face of the earth. Yes, we have challenges, we have problems here, but still, when you compare to the poorest person in this nation, it's much more well-off than people that are in poverty in so many different countries in the world. Praise God. We have food on our table, bread, butter, and so much more. We have drinks on our table. We have a roof over our head. We have clothes on our back that keeps us warm, that keeps us cozy. Praise God. 
none of us are on the street out there. Praise God. After having so much, how often do we complain? When we do not have an attitude of gratitude, that becomes a snare. Because the enemy sees that we are not satisfied and content with what God has given us. And therefore, he sets a bait for you and me to fall in that trap. We don't want to be caught in the enemy's web. Neither in the name of wealth. Neither in the name of excellence. Neither in the name of passionate pursuits. Or temptations that can come any way through our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Where does that leave us? I believe that all of us are called to minister to each other. Myself as a minister of the gospel of Jesus and every leader in this house that is involved in ministry and everyone who has a desire for ministry, you and I have been called to do ministry in certain manner and pull people out of the snares of the enemy. Look what Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 to 26. And I read this out. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their sense and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive, captive by him to do his will. We are surrounded by people, sometimes in our homes, sometimes in our extended families, sometimes in the scope of our friendship. Sometimes within the ring of our influence. Sometimes in the house of God. And God wants us to become people who pull people out of the snare of their enemy. By speaking God's word over their lives. And speaking sense to them when they are senselessly entangled within the snares of their lives. Praise God. Listen, the psalmist has a prayer that I believe that you and I can adapt. This is what he says. Psalm 141.9 Keep me from the snare which they have laid for me and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. How important it is that we store these words in our hearts and in our children's heart. Praise God. Keep me, Lord. Keep me away from the snares of the enemy. Praise God. That should be our prayer. Lord, keep me away from the snares of the enemy which they have laid for me. The psalmist is saying that, listen, there is no doubt in his mind that the enemy has laid a snare or not. He says the snare is there. Keep me away from it. Keep me away from the trap of the workers of iniquity that surround us. Look what the Lord taught us when he taught his disciples. And don't let us yield to temptation, but Rescue us from the evil one. I want to end this here with a high note from the scripture. As the psalmist puts it in Psalm 91 verse 3. Surely he will deliver you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Praise God. Surely Surely, he will deliver you from the fowler's snare.
praise God. God can deliver us, us from getting into the snare, from falling into the trap. Praise God. And once if we ever fall into the trap, he can deliver us also. You see how strong of a language the psalmist is using. How confident he is. He's saying, surely he will deliver you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. You know why he's so sure about it? He's so sure about it because he meets the prerequisite that is mentioned here. You know what the pre-requirements are? Do you know what the prerequisite is for us to use that word? Surely he will deliver me from the fowler's snare. The prerequisite is he who dwells in the secret place of the Almighty. Praise God. Where are you dwelling this morning? Praise God. Have you taken confidence in a secret place? Do you have a yearning to get into the secret place of the Almighty? Do you have a passion to be under his mighty wings? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Praise God. There is a safety cordon around us. Praise God. There is a high tower, strong tower in the name of the Lord that is available for the children of God to run into it and take refuge and to be hidden and to be shrouded and to be covered by the assault, by the enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. When is that activated? When we allow that word of God. It's place in our hearts. When we are connected to him, when we can say with confidence, surely he will deliver me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Praise God. I want to share a New Testament version of this as Paul writes to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2.10. He goes it like this. He did deliver me. He doth deliver me. And he will yet deliver me. Wow! Look what he says. He did deliver me in the past. He did deliver me today. And he says, when I look at the past, when I look today, I can say with assurance that he will deliver me tomorrow. He's not saying that there will be no snares, no traps. He's not saying that the enemy becomes inactive. But when the enemy is in when the enemy is active, my God is super active. Praise God. When the enemy enables a trap for me, he disables the trap for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. You and I can trust him. Hallelujah. Look how the psalmist puts it. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare. Of the fowler's trap. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Such a beautiful language. Our soul has escaped. Praise God. We were under the grip of the fear of death. Every one of mankind was under the grip of the fear of death. But Jesus came. He tasted death, as the Bible says. He knocked death out of praise that's place. He won over death and grave. Praise God. And he has implanted within us the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We may go through the valley of shadow of death, but he has given us hope because he overcame death and grave. But look what the psalmist puts it. He puts it like this. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Not just he pulled the door, the latch up 
and let me run away. Praise God. The psalmist is saying, he has smashed the trap. Praise God. So that you will not be caught in the same trap again. Praise God. My friend, have you fallen for the same gimmick over and over and over again? Praise God. I want to draw your attention to what Jesus can do for you. He can smash that trap, that device, and disable it so that you don't get lodged in it again. Praise God. But the question is, do you have a desire? Sometimes we get so used to rolling in sin. Praise God. That even when God gives us a way out, we don't want to come out. Praise God. If that's where you are, you need to experience real salvation. Praise God. Because with real salvation comes a desire to live a godly life. Praise God. Because we are born of the incorruptible seed of God's word, which brings, ushers in a divine nature to be godly in our living, to be godly in our pursuits, to be godly in our thinking, to be godly in our perceptions of life. Praise God. If that is missing in our lives, we need to have a real encounter with Jesus. Praise God. Nay, after that, you have fallen in for trap, regardless of what the trap is. Jesus, the deliverer, can come and break that trap and set you free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Praise God. He wants you and I to experience that real freedom from the fowler's snare and the trap that he has. Praise God. Hallelujah. All eyes closed. Every eye closed. I want you to reflect at the word that is spoken to you, that is applicable to you. Maybe it's not. If it's not applicable to you, I want to address you first. If it's not applicable to you, maybe you should ask the Lord, Lord, make me a minister. Make me a servant of God. Make me an emissary of God. Make me a vessel in the hand of God that will pull people out of the trap that they are in. Praise God. Young man, young lady, adults, what has been luring you away from God? Can you identify it? Can you detect it? Is your spiritual detector working well? Are you yielding yourself to the spirit of God and the word of God? Are you able to detect a trap when you see a trap? When a snare is activated against you, do you have the spiritual stamina within you to resist it? It only comes... When you put the time with him, when you allow the word of God to take root in your life, when you're connected to him. The Lord's presence is here this morning. He wants you to say with confidence, surely you deliver me from the fowler's He has delivered me. He doth deliver me and he will deliver me. Are you lingering in his presence? Would you give room for the Holy Spirit to work? Shall we rise up before the Lord? We're going to sing a song. As we sing a song, 
If you want to make a commitment to the Lord, you're saying, Lord, I'm trapped. I want out. I want out. I want out. Screaming at the top of your lungs. Crying out for help. This word is a custom cut word for you. He wants to give you the assurance that he can break that trap and set you free. Jesus, hallelujah. Would you open your heart and cry out to him? Would you call upon him? Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Praise God. Talk to him. The ministries are available after the service. If you want prayer, you can come. If you want to share something confidentially, you can do that. We'll pray for you. Jesus wants you to experience freedom, true liberty, that only Christ can.